0: Get eighty percent off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at that's Byte.com. That's b y t e. dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Which
1: they all do, cause they're Mormons. Gotta reproduce, and that's their job because John Smith said it. That's a song I wrote. Okay, Brooke hates that song. <laughs> no, I
2: don't. No, I was I was ready to, I was going to add a verse, but
1: oh, please do. Uh, John
2: Smith feeds his children at a restaurant. He's like, well, what's a good place to feed a Mormon family? It's usually a big Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. And keep Actually, in it's mind. Joseph Smith.
0: John
1: Smith was Pocahontas' boyfriend. Da, 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 da. And keep in mind, he's got those weird long underwear on. So don't give him anything. <laughs> it's a little anything. known fact about those
0: secret underwear. It's where you put your secrets. The secrets are written on pieces of paper and sewn into your underwear. <laughs> and so when you die, <laughs> you go to the gates. You're asked a few questions, and those are the answers in your
3: underwear, too.
4: Kyle? Take a count.
3: They can't have caffeine. They can't can't have caffeine. They can't have caffeine. They can't have caffeine. But they found a
1: loophole, so they drink Monster Energy. They found a loophole, so they drink Red Bull Energy. And And my Mormon cousins
2: come over all the time. (coughs) And they will drink 12 grape sodas in a sitting. (laughs) How is that more healthy than
3: one cup of coffee? It doesn't make sense to drink that much till you have. Get Get on on your bike and ride. Get on your bike and ride. Knock on the doors. Knock on the doors. Get in bike in the Get bike my Mormon's cousin the
0: didn't know Knock that but when doors. they did they were Get like what's well, going and ride. Get on your bike uh,
2: and ride. when my brother visits our mormon side of the family they try and pray a spirit baby into my sister-in-law's womb oh, wow. it's called spirit babies and it's very scary they're concerned for us because we don't each have 12 children
5: Wow. Oh, that, was
1: good. <laughs> that was special. I hope my Mormon cousins listen and to my here,
2: podcast. In here, I thought you didn't like my song. Oh, oh man. No, we both come from Mormon stock. Oh. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Sidework, episode two. I'm your host Brooke Van Poplin. It's been a lovely long week uh, since I've seen all my ladies. How are we all doing today? Feels like years.
3: Years, That's right? Good. Excellent. We had rains, so
1: yeah, it, the rains came. The rains came. <laughs> they washed, washed
0: away. The- I was gone for the rains, but delayed in Oakland because of the skid in Burbank. Why were you British? Air- oh, <laughs> oh we're like, airplanes- when I travel, that's how I talk. You get oh. way more free stuff. Wow. Hello. Oh, yes. I would Oh, thank you. And they're like, "Here's free booze." That doesn't happen. But God, maybe I should try it out. What What was the skid in there Burbank? There was uh, either uh, a plane that landed in Burbank hydroplaned and did little skidsies off the main uh, landing strip. Didn't crash. It just kind of went off, and so it delayed everything after it. Got so it. I was Can I say something? Yeah.
1: I don't feel planes should be able to hydroplane. Like you can't do the thing that's in the word. Like you can't be the thing that's hydroplane? in the word. No. I bet. Uh, I, bet yeah, right. flight, uh, <laughs> I bet everyone on just that just flight.
5: I
0: bet everyone on that uh, flight
2: where we're skidding yeah. as well okay. in their oh, in their underwear.
0: I think one guy was like, "Well, I just didn't know what was going on until I looked up, and we were like in front of a retaining wall." <laughs> So wow. He didn't really know that God what was bless. happening was not good until he was like, Zero anxiety I, what flyer. I have, to, I have to get up over way over here. Hmm. Jesus Christ. Anyway, it backed uh, everything up.
2: No, totally. But I, I feel like <laughs> the rain and the fires and all this stuff has like brought this, obviously, air quality that's total garbage. Jocelyn's, Ruining my face. Yep. Jocelyn's been keeping check check uh, on air quality. It's awful. And everyone's a little bit sick. We've been playing a game played all week. I've been playing a game called...
0: Uh, am I getting sick? Am I getting sick? <laughs> uh, hey, so, uh, you know, I feel like I sneezed twice, and my, my throat's not, it's not quite scratchy. I smoked a bunch of weed, and now my throat's scratchy. And am I, am I getting sick?
2: <laughs> my arms and my body are sore, but I did go to Pilates, but I'm also shaking.
1: Am I getting sick? I made out with a guy who had a cold, kind of like a chronic cold. Oh, no. And now I kind of feel like uh, my throat's a little scratchy. Am I getting sick?
3: I, um, I have a little wheeze when I cough,
1: and it feels like my chest is expanding. I like that cough isn't the qualifier. It's the wheeze in the cough. <laughs> it's
3: the wheeze. It That's goes, how you know it's bronchial. I can, I can hear it go.
1: <clears throat> oh. But also. Am I getting sick? <laughs> we should say like, hi. We should say hi before, because Brooke said hi. No problem. But also Jocelyn Hughes. Hello. I'm here. Ladies.
3: Hi, I'm Kyle June Williams, and I am too here. Hi, Andrea
0: Wallace. Clock it in. Clock it in. (laughs) Well, we're excited to come back with
2: another episode this week. Uh, We're going to talk about owners, restaurant owners. What a weird bunch of humans. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to get into it. But real quick, anyone uh, dine out, have a a restaurant experience, go good or bad
1: for them this week? Oh, Oh. yeah. (laughs) Joss Joss is... Yeah, I went to this restaurant that I went... Okay, so they changed the restaurant into just a pizza place. Oh, and Hail, it used to be hail like, Mary. Kind of be... I don't want to name it. Who cares? Well, it used to be fancy. It used to be this like kind of full service, like very pretentious, like, oh, the broccolini. Would you like the broccolini? Um, and they've changed it into a pizzeria. It seems simple enough. You order at the counter, you sit down, they bring you your food. Well, we ordered at the counter... um, and the guy must have gotten the order wrong but it they kept they had this loose salad so they don't give you numbers or anything they just start shouting names and they had a loose salad that they were sh- shouting about for 20 plus minutes to so finally we were like just give us the sa- we'll eat the salad but we had ordered a different salad so they decided because they gave us this other salad that was obviously didn't have a home that we had gotten enough salad. <laughs> so we were waiting for this other salad for another like 50 minutes. It would took forever. Oops. It was just a very sloppy like listen, this isn't that hard. There's only five tables here. First of all, let's work on numbers. But second of all, <laughs> how many times do you need to shout Lewis with a salad before you realize Lewis isn't here, guys? Louis he gone.
3: He gone. Loose is want a gone. Salad. When you said loose salad, I thought it was all of the elements separated, yeah, and you had to you had to talk not
1: every salad loose. If you think of it that way, Kyle, <laughs> it's a very loose. Isn't food every item.
3: salad loose? A, a floozy of a salad.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and a chopped salad, biggest slut of all. <laughs> she she deserves all over the place. <laughs> like, she deserves
1: that
0: salad pepper. Today.
3: I went to Tuam on Thursday, which is fancy. a very fancy restaurant where Ludo is the chef, and it's a, um, it's like a six-course meal, and you buy a lottery ticket, and you get, like, so you have to buy, it basically you, you just tell them what your allergies and, and stuff is, and then they give you a meal based on that but yeah. you don't decide mm-hmm. and
2: <clears throat> my control issues are flaring
1: up <laughs> I love that stuff. I'm obsessed I like being I
3: taken guess. on a journey um, <laughs> it was like the the service was exemplary they were like really on their shit I do have to say though the best thing I ate though was the dinner roll <laughs> a, a good hey, dinner man. Hey. roll yeah. oh, hey I, 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 I would what agree what's second best mm. why do you think people go to Red Lobster for the seafood give me I, a break Cheddar biscuits, baby. <laughs> Those they were like they were like Hawaiian rolls with like like sea salt on top, mm-hmm. and we just kept asking if we could get more rolls Ooh. instead of, of courses.
0: <laughs> Did they have a nice butter to accompany?
3: No, no. We were supposed to dip them in our um, God. What was it? It was uh, flan, but it was Mm-mm. smoked yeah. with caviar yeah. on top. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: I'm just confused. It was wow. like a bowl.
3: It was like a bowl of. Um, like medieval cheese.
1: That's what it felt like. like I mean, i, I got to be honest. Don't need it over here. Yeah. Don't need that. I think yeah.
2: the cheese wheel is what medieval
3: cheese. But I, I love that place because they give you like, something to like remember your meal by. So like one a tattoo? Time, yeah. Yeah. I got <laughs> <laughs> And so, so
2: Ludo is, chef I've heard that Ludo. name, Chef Ludo. So is he the owner and the chef?
3: Yes. Well, he's, he, I think he's part owner, but he's head chef.
2: Got it. Um
3: and he's this very attractive Frenchman with
2: Oh tattoos. Ludo, yes, and yeah,
3: he's been on a lot of billboards here for some reason. I mean, probably because he looks like uh, you know, sort of like a, the Gerard Butler of the kitchen. Scene. But his big thing was
0: like, I'm grumpy, I'm I'm gonna yell. I am a well, yelly guy. That
3: sounds like every chef. <laughs>
0: Right.
2: Well, and we'll uh, we'll talk about them. But speaking of owners, that's, uh, I'm glad you just spoke highly of Ludo and his place, which is great, because I do think we, from this point on out, are going to have zero nice things to say (laughs) about restaurant owners in general. Oh, boy. Well, you know, we also don't work there, so it's, I'm sure his staff is like, yeah, he's great. You know, I'm, every restaurant owner in my opinion, is a borderline sociopath, whether you're a mom and pop place or a corporate, you know, uh, spot or someplace that you're some celeb and decide to smack your celebrity name onto some chicken and waffle joint or something like that. Oh, Nas. But.
3: Oh, it really? Yes. Oh, I just threw that out there. Oh, yeah. Nas owns We're a chicken and it. waffle place. Ooh. Sweet chick. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. I've been to
2: Sweet Chick in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. That's a great song. So, you know, I, I don't know. I have to come out of the gates and kind of say that owners are sort of the, like, the fly in the ointment to every good restaurant because you've got your chef, your manager who runs that shit, the whole staff who actually knows how the restaurant works from top to bottom, front of house to back of house, and then the fucking owner walks in. And then he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Maybe you shouldn't do it like that. How about we do it like this? And you have to basically humor this dumb fucker who comes off down the mountain uh, once a month. Yeah, they're all
0: boner shrinkers. They're such
2: boner shrinkers. They really don't know. They're the money people. They're eclectic in the worst way.
3: That's Good. what I would say. Oh, that oh, that so... was too kind. It was way really too
2: kind. But I personally, I, I mean... I'm <laughs> As you know, I'm scarred still from working in New York City at a vegan restaurant called the Candle Cafe. I'm here to name names today, Mm. people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bart and Joy, uh, the owners of the Vegan Candle Cafe, uh, they are literal nightmares Who the whole flow of their Upper East Side shrieking shrew collective of just all these... 100-pound women who would come in and try and eat negative 10 calories somehow (sighs) and shriek at you would – like, you'd get the whole flow going of your nightmare lunch with the most needy people who are like, You're yeah, my personal assistant for the day, you know? And I'm like, I'm a waitress. God damn it. They'd be like, Come back over to my house and help me move a couch. I'm like, I'm <laughs> your waitress. Like, you, and there's nothing that can't be bought with these people, you know? Yeah. And so it's catering to the snobbiest, most wealthy people in the world. And yet these two dipshit owners come in and act like it's a hippie love van. They'd come down from their office upstairs and with joy in her like flowing robes too many turquoise rings you know what i'm saying like a like a community college art teacher never washed a dish in in new mexico oh absolutely not and it'd be lunch chaos and she'd walk in and she'd go whoa whoa i don't like the energy in here right now and she'd stop me in my tracks as one of two lunch waitresses she'd be like everyone time out time out brooke could you serve everyone a small bowl of brown rice with tahini it's very grounding and it's complimentary right now. Oh and I was like, God. I'm sorry, what? That
0: like really happy. What that yes? Really-
2: <laughs> She's like, oh, the energy in here is crazy. Everyone needs to eat a small bowl of brown rice and tahiti. <laughs> and I was like, mm. I don't, huh? Like, I'm in the middle of chaos. Like, no concept that you've got everyone at a different step of their meal. I guarantee some of these weirdos don't want to eat any fucking brown rice because they're anorexic and don't eat carbs and whatever, <laughs> and would just come in and pull shit like that all day, every day. Wow. And because they loved animals so much. But the truth is, the hierarchy was celebrities, then animals. Then everyone neither of those two <laughs> things. So wait, so
0: a celebrity could go and, and like order meat and it would be fine. Not
2: meat. I it's just that. their dedication to animals was fully trumped by celebrities status. eating there twenty four seven. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, those two nightmares. I
1: think there's a lot of like couple owners because the first restaurant I ever worked in was owned by a couple, and they were swingers, and everybody <laughs> knew it. And it was they would come into the bar every night like all gussied up, and I was always nervous because I was like 19, 18 and was just like Are they gonna hit on me? Oh, hell on me, hit on me. Because <laughs> the the oh, the dude was like really creepy and really hit on everyone. And they would just get sauced up and way too loose way too friendly. Ooh, like a loose salad. <laughs> just like a loose salad. They did would have you, a salad bar.
3: Would you be offended if he didn't hit on you? What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no no
3: okay
1: I don't know let me do my job old creepy dude just like he had one of those I don't know it really ridiculous he was wearing like a gross suit and I don't know it's just not 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 a clean feeling around was, those people. What restaurant was this? What were, you, what were you serving? I'm not naming their names. Okay. What kind
2: of cuisine? What was their specialty?
1: Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, I want this sauce. Can I get a, do you guys sell the sauce? Cut to the kitchen. Them cutting open a can of, uh, you like, know. House recipe yes, or whatever exactly. the restaurant brand is. Sweet yeah. Baby James
0: or whatever that. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> actually Baby good. Oh, that's,
1: <laughs> you know, this was like straight up like Heinz generic barbecue sauce.
2: I love that they probably would go home and had a hot tub filled with barbecue sauce that they would get weird in. We get other people to get weird in. Yeah.
1: That could be a lie, but that was the legend was that they were swingers and you know. And would it, would it be a situation where, and we'll get to everyone,
2: like when they came in, suddenly everyone who was working, like your behavior changes because suddenly you're like, oh, we have to do it this way to make them happy even though that's not how the restaurant works. Or would, did they yeah, have a regular I mean, drink that they'd sit down and the bartender oh, would yeah. scramble? For sure. Like for sure. Like get
0: together. Just for the sake of you not naming this restaurant, I'm going to call this restaurant On the Bone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you worked at On the Bone, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's another thing about uh, owners is like sometimes when there's two like maybe there's two dudes or their partners right. which we worked for, oh. one like that there was always a cool owner owner Ooh. and then an owner that was like the maybe the worst human you've ever known in your whole life <laughs> <laughs> and, and you still like, have dreams about every once in a while. Oh, you're right over there. <laughs> That's just find <quite> hilarious.
2: <laughs> oof! Yikes! Oof, right? I, yeah. And Brooke? I yeah, I know the cool one. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. He he wasn't around as much though, so I think that's how he maintained.
0: The yeah, w- where was yeah. this? Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> we were there together. We sure did. I mean, we also. Why are you so scared that these people are going to hear
2: their names? Oh, named. I'm not. Well, whatever. All right. I'm yeah. I'm trying to wage a war with the candle cafe. It's time, <laughs> baby. Okay, so the the baby has become contagious. Last episode, I noticed Justin <laughs> said, "Baby, baby. Like yeah, baby." And now it's in my head. I've been saying it all week because
4: I (laughs) listen. It's
1: very fun. No, you're not saying it because you listen. You're saying it because it's fun and and you know it. I have caught the baby bug. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Ironically
3: enough, I I, I talked about this (laughs) on the last episode. I worked at a burger joint, an upscale burger joint in Union Square called Stand, Uh which was taken over by a new owner. His name was Jerry Rosengarden who was walked in and was head to toe in a full leisure suit <laughs> because he was the creator of the leisure leisure suit. Oh, cool. He was the inventor. Wow. Um, he changed the name of the restaurant to Stand 4AM and continuously called me Bebe, <laughs> which mm. made no sense. Hey, hey House, Bebe. House 12, so Bebe. Hey, Bebe. table 12, Bebe. When
0: he changed the name to like Stand 4AM, were you like but we're only open till 10 and he's yes. like not anymore. Here's a
1: question, would you be offended he... if he didn't call you baby? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he what he made us do was he so he kept the restaurant open at 4 a.m. He made me the cocktail waitress at night. Oof. He bought me a dress to wear. <gasps> and then That's so what boy. they would basically turn. what they had to do was we there was long like leather booth, booths that people could sit in and he would he flipped them up and had us um uh, what's the thing? You, uh, cops use as handcuffs, but they're not handcuffs. Zip ties. Yeah. Zip ties. Thank you. Um, he made a zip tie the benches together, so they became sort of like lounge areas. And we were open with with sliders and alcoholic milkshakes till four a.m.
0: That's a that's a recipe for
3: trouble. But I found a, I found a press release. He, he really, oh, please read this. Owners. Um. Uh, so, uh, did you ever wonder who invented the leisure suit and nope. what he's doing now? <laughs> no. The leisure suit was invented in 1970 by designer Jerry Rosengarten, who is now a real estate developer in New York City. Mm. I'm gonna cut down to. Unfortunately, the polyester jacket became known as the sleaser suit <laughs> after second-rate companies started making cheap knockoffs oh, in bizarre d- colors, including powder blue and mint green. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, uh. The fi- but, 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 what did he say? Oh, but these days, the 52-year-old developer is also helping draw attention to a mysterious reading disorder called scotopic press sensitivity for? syndrome, which makes words look like Look like a jumbled blob. Whoa. So this was the man who owned and operated the restaurant.
2: I this the the Greek owners <sighs> of a Coney Island I worked at in East Lansing. Oh my God! I still don't know their names, but they were so up their own ass. It was the most amazing thing. Hanging over the kitchen was an oil painting of mom, dad, and their son who just went by Sparty, which was the name of the restaurant (laughs) because it was Michigan State University campus. Oh, wow. Spartans. so he was just like, I'm Sparty. And he was the angriest, most dour, horrible person. And just imagine, like, a place that literally only serves omelets and coney dogs and an oil painting of his family hanging over the entrance to the kitchen. And he would, when he parked, it it said Sparty's spot. In the parking lot. I mean, I this couldn't be more of a dump. And the way this guy acted, like it was a Four Seasons that he was walking into every day, pressed suit head to toe, serious cocaine problem. Walked in with a leather briefcase, (laughs) which I liked to imagine was filled with raw hot dogs. (laughs) Like that, that (laughs) was his business. That he like, and he had it was like a security number to get into his tiny office that was behind the grill line. And I don't what the. What was Sparty doing? Like I just imagine him getting back there, like opening the briefcase. Like the, I see. <laughs> I see it as the bags Soxing. of
3: cocaine shaped like hot dogs. You are probably right. oh, yeah. so. Ra- and then the entire the office right is just butt. mirrors. Just, it like, was different places for him to snort off of. But it was a two-way mirror. It was his oh, office window? Oh my gosh! Okay, oh, that costs a lot of money. Maybe in the maybe in the briefcase
0: it was just like the last uh, piece of cloth, or, like of his his like shredded, tattered like childhood blankie.
3: Oh.
5: <laughs>
0: This uh, <laughs> is only friends. Oh, that, that took, a friend? yeah. took a sweet turn. Took a sweet sentimental well, turn. So. Owners
3: don't have friends.
2: <laughs> Kyle, you want to? You want to move into uh, how a lot of restaurant owners are criminals?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, Brooke. Um, yeah. So I had the task of um, talking about how a lot of restaurant owners are criminals. I think I would know because um, uh, part of most of my Part of my family's in jail, and um, <laughs> my uncle was a ninety-eight percent sure a part of the Florida mafia dealing in yachts. Cool,
0: um, <laughs> or as <is laughs> they call them in Florida, yachts, baby.
1: <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah. Um, That's but what's one up.
3: famed restaurant owner um, became like an, the national center for the mob. In where other than south florida yeah. um and they actually uh south florida was known as sort of the swit, the mob the mafia switzerland because it's where both chicago and new york can could come and uh get you know get in the sun and relax but they were on non-fighting oh, grounds, neutral ground on yeah. uh, neutral oh, grounds I didn't know that. um yeah which is And would they hide their money in yachts? Was that like the Swiss bank? Was I mean, I don't yachts? know. My, my uncle was always selling yachts to some uh, Nigerian prince, which... Literal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there we go. Uh, but there was this... So there's this one um, this one guy named uh, Joe Sonkin, and he had this restaurant in Miami called the Gold Coast Restaurant. And basically what happened was he... Uh, you know, he came to the restaurant every day. Everybody know knew who Sonkin was. Um, he was it was a uh, it was a seafood restaurant, and um, he was always checking on his customers. Like he always pulled in the same parking spot, and then all of a sudden one day, his uh, blue Oldsmobile drove off of the, uh, off the street onto a dock and straight into the water. Yeah. And he could be here. He could be heard screaming from the Osmobile. I can't swim, and he died. I can't swim, baby. <laughs> I can't swim, baby. Um, and he. <laughs> Are you lying? guys?
1: Maybe it's better if I do that. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're really maybe, good. sorry. Sorry. I, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't swim, baby.
0: <laughs> that story did yacht have a good ending?
3: <laughs> yeah. Order up. Um, but so once he was killed, it was sort of unearthed that it was because he was a mob boss and sort of was running this mob ring after, out of Gold Coast. And, um, like, he was also, he was also a part of the Children's uh, Village of Florida, the Memorial Regional Hospital of Hollywood. Like, he did work for the South Florida Wildlife Center. Like, he did tons of, his name was, um... He built he built buildings for all these different uh, uh, like universities around. So his name is everywhere in Florida, which is why I re- like I was like, oh, I remember that guy. I remember That guy he went flying off the end of a duck. Yeah, you think they so they probably uh, he was put, trying to go straight. <laughs> he was
2: he they you know that they put like a block of cement on the accelerator and oh, yeah. tied him up. Yeah. And it just—you have to aim really great to stay on a dock. Right, and he really puts yeah. him. But he he literally—they said he he's...
3: flew straight off the dock, <laughs> <laughs> like Goodfellas movie. You know what I mean? Like you swim with the fishes. Oh That's God. a movie I'd watch. What, what kind of cuisine? <laughs> Always curious. Oh, it was stone crabs, which w- oh, we are known like Florida for. Florida thing. Yeah, which you know you have to get the bib, you gotta Class. get the crackers, you gotta—you know what I mean? Like it's a whole ordeal. Yeah. The way people slurp uh, different crustaceans is like a whole. Another, like, I'll you watch, it. you you look at them and you think, now I know how you have sex. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like, just, like, the grossest, like... I eat mine I'm... with a fork. What do you think that says about my love life?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Karen.
0: Karen. We weren't really talking that, about that. that you we were your... talking
1: about the PTA.
0: and I eat my seafood with a fork. What does that mean? And...
3: Karen, but it's a <laughs>
2: tiny fork and you... you... The point is you, Still treat, does the job. you treat yourself <laughs> once a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: You have your anniversary oysters. Have you know a good night, saying? Karen. The thing, all right, so the thing about restaurant owners being criminals, you're dealing with shitloads of cash. Yeah. You're up late at night. There's liquor involved. Oh. It's kind of just plays into, you know, it all folds into itself. And you always
3: see them doing the drop. You know what I mean? Yeah, where's Which is the liquor just like come a, from? Which um, is a,
1: a,
2: a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, restaurant owner just got arrested. Did you know the popo? <laughs> they just picked up the owner of Troy's, number six, down oh. the street. No, right, and but then also when you're the owner, you can turn it into your personal fucking nightclub and do crazy shit. Like by the way, like your Stanberger guy, like we're open till six a.m. Everyone put on a leisure suit. I say so. Oh yeah, make me feel good. There was
3: a um, I won't I won't name names, but there was an an athlete who was at the restaurant that I worked at. And he was there very, very late and um, apparently brought all his boys in and they all smoked cigars. Oh, he was like a champ. He was like, the champ. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing. Like, the owners just were like, sure. You know what I mean? I feel like it's better when you can name names, but I'm, well, I'm th- scared. I so thought like it'd be one a, one a little of these bit restaurants more damning than cigars, talking, but yeah, I'll sorry. take Our, it. These I mean,
0: restaurants are like, they fronts, right? So people are like, money's being laundered through these facilities as oh, well. Oh, not right? all of them. Not all some, of them. Some, some. I'm know just what? saying,
1: it, it can happen. If it's a place Does
2: that happen. is cash only, oh yeah. Are you kidding me? They're cooking the books. They're moving pounds of black tar heroin through the kitchen. You know
0: On
1: what I'm saying? A- <laughs> sons. Don't open in Florida, they are. I in worked Florida. at a restaurant that was known as the cocaine hub of the county. Oh, oh. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I was, I'm so naive. I was like, huh? What do you mean? Well, we don't do cocaine, we're very That's proud right. of that. Brooke yeah. and
2: Jocelyn here to say that we've never tried cocaine. Never. Are you serious? Yeah, I've never done it. I worked in restaurants for so long. I'm a stand up comedian. Yeah. I am a unicorn, and so is Jocelyn. Two unicorns, folks. Cool. No desire. Know you, guys well, are, you know, I saw, you
1: see one health video where a guy has a heart in attack. broken ponies over here. <laughs> you see one health video where someone has a heart attack after doing a little bit, a little bump of cocaine. I had a dime for
3: every time I blew coke off of the back of a toilet seat, I'd be a rich woman. <laughs>
1: I'm kidding. I didn't do that. One.
3: Whatever. I dunk coke. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't do it anymore. <laughs> I was just for a good reason. We're
1: not saying we're better than you or honey We're not trying you to like Did compare you called yourselves you
3: unicorns I and mean, we are broken in ponies? Broken in ponies. I think it's just it's just the fact that I do two of the most drug-addled
2: Things yeah. which is working in a restaurant and yeah. also being a comedian. Like yeah. I just also happen to be a raging hypochondriac. Right. So you know, I yeah. know that I would immediately die after one Tootsie. My yeah. first
1: restaurant boyfriend was a complete cokehead, and he would like come out of the bathroom. I'd be like, "Are you are you in there doing coke?" And he would have a ring of cocaine around his nose. Wow. <laughs> and also, and deny, it. If, fully if deny guys, it.
3: I feel like you should either call it boogie shogi. Ooh. Um. As uh, my friend, as my friend Taylor Marshall likes to call it, party favors or china white, china white, or the rowdy powder, the rowdy powder. I like. I like
1: the rowdy powder. Mm. I like to refer to it as cocaine. Yeah, cocaine's really <laughs> Correct. Bad. Just because cocaine. It cocaine sounds more severe, and I, I, you know, it sounds more uh, authoritative. Authoritative. But
0: working in restaurants
1: is a, is a real gateway. <laughs> Let's it's just it admit is, it. That is, it's well, just, it's just—it's just like this whole of all thing. Levels. But that's what goes into the crazy ownership. There's drugs. Mm-hmm. There's booze. It is crazy out there, you guys. So I really wanted to uh, dive in and
0: talk about mom and pop owners today sure. of restaurants. You know, you've got uh, Brooke kind of brought it up when she was talking about the little her little Coney Dog place in Detroit, where you've got people who are like institutions in the neighborhood, <laughs> who like it's like a family run business and like. They've been open since, like, 1955. Yeah, but it's also the Greeks basically yeah, the started Greeks sure.
2: Greasy Spoon Diners in yeah. all of Michigan. Where you get, the like, yeah.
0: delicious breakfast, great burgers, and also Greek food at the same time. And it's, yeah, it's Detroit, but it's also, there's it's sort of here in L.A. It's definitely in Chicago, you know. It's it, definitely for me, New Orleans. It's like, it's like the restaurant in my big fat Greek wedding, right? <laughs> like, that's kind of, very much, you have this whole family, you have, like, the owners, the whole family, uh, the mom, like the grandmother maybe owned it, then the parents own it, and then like the kids will own it. And like the kids work there in high school, you know, and it's
3: I feel like I've seen this movie.
0: I know. Yeah, right? my big fat Greek wedding.
2: <laughs> yeah, except except now uh, all the stupid millennial kids owning the restaurant don't wanna do the job. Where'd this voice come from today?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure. But I just I find it I find it really interesting. You know, there's also we were talking um about, or I was thinking about like r- really very popular or like tried and true, like the most important mama pops, like Cats' Deli is one, mm-hmm. right? Has everybody eaten there? And how so, and I'm, it's like clockwork. I mean, these are the institutions where you go. And I don't mean the owners, they're not the original owners anymore. They own it for a hundred years and the owners switched to the good family they friends, they the died. Dells. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, think probably. they decided to like, it was a turnkey sale. Uh, <laughs> wow! They're like, ours. you know, there's just brisket in the back up to here. We've known you guys; you're our family friends our whole lives. So are you ready to own our business? Sure, great.
2: But they do keep the original owners behind glass, yeah. in their gaskets. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> I just it's think mouths I think full of corned beef. Be <laughs> kind of whatever when you when you have a mom and pop and you're an owner, you have to be <laughs> yeah. in there all the time. And the owners are there, like doing everything. They're like. Working the cash register, because most mom and pop places don't have POS systems, let's like admit it. Everything's handwritten, and there's definitely a cash register, so you might see the owner there or the owner in the kitchen. Like, there might be, again, we talked about like a husband and wife team, like going, uh, like working the whole restaurant, for sure. I have, I did look up um some of the most popular mom and pops um, for from you guys' states you grew up in. Oh. So, Brooke, the Bavarian Inn. Did you ever go to this place? I know
2: damn well what the Bavarian Inn is. Can you explain it to us? It's been a minute. Is that one in Frankenmuth, Michigan? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. attached, it's attached to a, a
0: 365 <laughs> Christmas shop, right? Yes,
2: Frankenmuth, Michigan, for <laughs> those not... Privy. Uh, this, this would be a annual a voyage where my grandmother and grandfather insisted we went and we would have to get dressed up in our Christmas best and do this excruciating 45 minute drive to dinner because Frankenmuth is about 45 minutes, not too far outside of Troy, or not Troy, excuse me, uh, Flint, Michigan. It's not so far off 75. And it's Christmas year round in Frankenmuth. I love that. This is also where the band Greta von Fleet is from, the Led Zeppelin ripoff band. Are from? (laughs) Good
0: to know. They're like
2: they're the most polarizing band in rock music right now because people are like, "Fuck you, you're copying Led Zeppelin." And I haven't heard them, but I hate them. Ugh. You you know it's just so jarring, but you're also like, no one's making music like Led Zeppelin anymore. It's kind of awesome. And they're all, like, young 20. Anyways, they're from where it's Christmas 365 days a year.
1: It's a weird place. The reality isn't right.
2: Right. So Michigan's not, like, so you would go to basically have this, like, big German sausage and steins of beer sort of dinner. All the waitresses
0: are wearing drundles, right? Yep,
2: the whole getup. And I hated it because there was nothing for me to eat. And this is when parents would make children behave. So it was torture. I didn't get a Kindle or an iPhone. You know, they'd give you one stupid placemat with a broken crayon, and they're like, "Have fun for ninety minutes, asshole." (laughs) You know, and I just, I I just remember this being a yearly voyage to the Bavarian Inn. But I'm sure it's owned by uh, Germans live forever. So I'm sure they did manage to be 107 years old. Super mom and pop. They probably Frank and and probably Nazis.
3: Frankenmuth sounds like
2: whoa. Let's be real. Michigan militia, a lot of middle of Michigan, uh Nazism, white supremacy, You know more than on. us about sure it. That's do. a fact. Crank
3: sounds like the less fortunate Yeti.
1: What's my what's my mom and pop? Um Gene yes. and Judes. Never heard of them. I don't know. It's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, you know, things. Thrillist.com uh told me to say this. From to you. Libertyville. And if it's specifically Libertyville, it's just more statewide, which I know Illinois is a big state. Yeah, Libertyville, we got a couple diners. It is is a, um, the hot, the place to get your, the institution to get your hot dog, right? So these like, uh, hot dog stands, which I'm sure you had one specifically in Libertyville. You no, no, always. We're your Chicago dog. That's been there forever. We get your Maxwell Streets. Like,
1: gotta be honest. Parents didn't take us out to eat much because we didn't behave. My mom <laughs> got <laughs> furious, and my dad was like, "It's a waste of money." Yeah. So we basically, my mom had a rotating um, cast of five dishes that she debuted once a night or once a week, whatever. And we were not allowed, really, to go out to eat, My just because we were assholes, and my mom was like, I'm not paying for this, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) I did do one for
0: Nebraska, if you guys want me to. Yeah, what's
1: your mom and pop, Uh, and did you eat there? uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a steakhouse uh, in Nebraska called The Drover, that's in Omaha, and it's great. I mean, Omaha's, like, riddled with steakhouses, you can get primary, but The Drover's just a little bit special, it's like all steakhouses which are kind of slash italian places in omaha are you kind of like they're very mom and pop like you kind of step back in time you know a little yeah, bit for sure and this one is very much like wagon wheels and like whiskey barrels and it's really dark and there's like three fireplaces um and like yeah like the whiskey fillet is like the big thing they have a and salad bar and i'm gonna, gonna say, say do i have a love wet salad, salad or a salad bar i love a salad bar i love a salad bar, a salad oh, bar. Oh, I'm sorry anytime that pudding exists on a plate next to lettuce i have a real problem I don't think theirs has pudding theirs is like it's not so much like i mean that's when you get an plates. old country buffet a salad bar it's not really like i mean i will say cottage cheese is an essential item <laughs> a salad bar. agreed go maybe if the
1: place i ate them. last mm. week had a salad bar they wouldn't be walking around screaming for Lewis okay Lois,
2: that's all i'm gonna say here guys Lois salad lewis
3: i
1: feel like cottage
3: cheese is like another form of nog for me whoa, oh really whoa, yeah. whoa, Interesting. whoa That's a big ballsy statement whoa. you just made
0: guys. wow
3: <laughs> like in what
0: sense i mean that you're like you only I can eat at it it certain times of the year is there a season specifically where you
1: only eat cottage cheese yeah diet, summer diet, diet you are hashtag brave Okay, to be talking about this right now.
3: I love cottage cheese. <laughs> so you like a large curd or a small <sighs> curd. Love uh I like the large curds. Aww. I don't like the small curds. I like to, I like to taste the chunks. You want to feel so. the squeaks between your teeth? All so now, right.
2: I do like a cottage cheese. I'm going to I'm going to go on record and say I do enjoy a cottage cheese, but the minute you are putting peaches,
0: oh. fruit. What? Oh, you want it savory? I oh, need savory I do baby. like it. Yeah.
3: <sighs> oh no. I, you know what? Here here's I'm going to I'm going to throw It started wrench with pineapple. Oh uh,
1: yes. Because pineapples used to I used to get really bad headaches So they were like Try to eat pineapple Make you feel better And then somebody put it In cottage cheese They tried it And I was like Sweet and safe Sweet and safe But here's the thing Here's what you can
3: do Strawberries and avocado On cottage cheese Go ahead Try it Why don't you make that that toast To make
0: a famous That would be a good toast My grandmother used to make She had this turnover Pineapple turnover recipe And there's cottage cheese In the dough Fuck yeah Yeah I should make I'll make
3: it Mm. God that's That sounds squishy and delicious It's real good Moving we on.
1: <laughs> but if we're going to talk about like mom and pops that blew up, we should talk about like chain restaurants.
0: McDonald's, right? <laughs> Roy Crock. Hey, Ray Roy Crock.
1: Look at that guy just poisoning one American at a time. <laughs> just eat those potatoes that are not supposed to grow. And it gets so much because they use a special potato. I don't know about this. What? They use a special potato that that is extra long because they want the fries to come out of the container a certain way. Sure. So the way that they grow these potatoes, they have to put so many chemicals on. The farmers won't even go outside. Wow. <gasps> it's like pure poison. No. And then and then they're double fried. Those are my favorite in, fries. In oil and they're coated in beef tallow, which is delicious. So they're not and vegetarian? No, not at all. They've <laughs> oh, never been vegetarian. Boy, I have it's very sad news, but uh, yeah, they're poison sticks. Um, they're such
3: delicious poison. You know what I like to do? Is I like to um, get a McFlurry, and I like to dip them in McFlurry. Oh, sure. That's a good thing I to do the do. Wendy's
1: version There's a mom-and-pop
0: place yes, called Burger Bar the, in Roy, Utah, where I grew up when I was a kid, and they would make fresh raspberry shakes with like homemade utah raspberries and then they had their own regular potato fries that were a little soggy and then you would dip those fries into that milkshake and that's like my biggest memory of doing that the sweet my first sweet and salty experience as a child
1: well i'll tell you what what, place is still uh, standing baby it's it's killing me it's killing me so you're not allowed to say baby in utah
0: also unless you're having a baby
1: well, I wanted to talk about uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about shitty chains that celebrities have invested in because I find it hilarious. Oh, I can't wait. Um, all right. So my my first and foremost, we got we got a guy double dipping. All right, it's our man Magic Johnson.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, he owns a
1: host of TGI Fridays and oh. Starbucks oh. locations.
2: Huh. So he's a franchiser.
1: Oh, there's a ton of franchise. Just wait. Ready? Oh. We got Drew Brees. Oh my mom Drew Brees loves is a quarterback. He's okay. incredible.
3: She keeps posting his like s- sexy he's New Orleans football Saints. calendar. No, no, he's uh No, he <laughs> is he Drew Brees? No, I'm wrong. He's not on the Patriots? No, sweetheart. I don't know the balls Tom with Tom foots. Sweetie, okay. that's Tom Brady. Okay. I I'm from I've lived in New Orleans. I should
1: know that. <clears throat> Never mind. Edit out. <laughs> Okay, so Drew Brees, listen to this quote. Jimmy John's, he owns the Jimmy John's. I miss Jimmy John's so much from my time in the Midwest, and I thought that it was a great fit for what we're doing in New Orleans. The culinary arts is a big thing down there, so there are are great restaurants and great chefs, and so much of the culture is surrounded by food and dining. It's kind of neat to be part of that by owning Jimmy John's franchises. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you eaten one, sir? Have you eaten what? Well, he misses the Midwest. Uh, he
2: also misses his mom tucking him into bed at night. He oh only really have the only really secret ingredient to all Jimmy John's.
1: Also, like you're comparing like the most delicious, unique <laughs> culinary scene. Cowboys, Muffuletta, Cowboys, like straight up to like history. trash food Especially for college kids.
0: West Lafayette, Louisiana or Indiana.
1: Right, right. Yeah. What a simpleton!
0: And this is mayonnaise.
1: He but it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of athletes. It's a lot of athletes that you know they make all this money, and people are like, "You need to invest." And yes. they're like, "All right, a franchise. It is what <laughs> shit restaurant can I put my money into?" You need to own a TGI
3: Friday. So,
1: Peyton Manning was oh. also an incredible quarterback for what team? Is that one? Peyton, um, Peyton was the Broncos. I think the Broncos. last think he retired.
0: Okay, his oh, brother Eli
1: is also a really good quarterback. He I have was been. With
0: the- Indianapolis Colts for most of his career and then retired as a Bronco.
1: I he have been that, like, to one, one of care. his restaurants in
3: um, Louisiana and the entire restaurant is Lazy Boys.
1: Uh, you can sit
3: in Lazy Boys. Well, this, while you eat. This
1: mofo, <laughs> he
3: Ugh.
1: purchased, he invested in 21 Papa John's locations in the Denver area. I don't know if you're familiar with Papa John, nice, but he's a fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He declined his, he he blamed his declining sales for the company on the NFL protests. Mm, Yeah. He said that was the reason people weren't eating pizza. But luckily for our man, our Peyton, he pulled out of it right before this like kind of blew up. Because like Papa John like wouldn't. Change his stance. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't eat Papa also John's. And if I mean, if you are eating it, you're probably not listening to the podcast. But like, <laughs> do not eat Papa John's. First of all, it's disgusting. But second of all, the guy is a nightmare human. He's terrible.
3: Also, terrible the dude. guy who owns Jimmy John's is a nightmare human. He is a big. Uh, he's like a big game hunter. Like he's like oh, a horrible. I forgot about yeah.
1: that. Yeah, that So could, don't eat I that mean, either. <laughs> yeah, that's like you got. You have a, to really like think about what you spend your money on because Ugh. these these guys become millionaires and lose their fucking minds they think yeah. they're like He's invincible like a sloppy dudes guys like disgusting. running around africa killing yeah. like hey, endangered hey. animals yeah. and yeah. posing next to them it's bananas wearing a baby just, elephant for a hat like nah. what are you doing but it's okay. So there's like a bunch of them. There's Shaquille O'Neal. He's he's got an anti He's got an anti Annie's or two. What? Loves those pretzels. Oh my god. He doesn't really say no to much. Got Vena, <laughs> Veno, Venus Williams Jamba Juice. Get into what? it. Those are Keep so it healthy. It's no less than a
2: half pound of sugar
1: per. Oh, I know. A sports elixir. But I also, the, my favorite thing about celebrities is like, so like a whole thing with owners is like they, they're like, I'm going to make money because they're usually rich. So they're like, I'm going to make money doing a restaurant now. I like restaurants, but they don't have any understanding of them. That no. happens a lot with celebrities. Hey, Ugh. I like restaurants. <laughs> let's, let's go through some of the failed Please. celebrity restaurants.
2: Ooh. eaten at one or two.
1: Okay, apparently Steven Spielberg had a restaurant called Dive. D-I-V-E, oh, like I exclamation Josh. point, which was an underground-themed restaurant, submarine-themed. Uh, they had gourmet subs. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I don't get it. Supposedly, he couldn't find anyone to make a good sandwich, so he was like, I'll open this ridiculous thing instead, because I make movies and know a lot about food. Um, there was an environment with computer underwater special effects, catwalks, exposed conduits, gauges throttles control panels and dives every half hour where sirens and lights go off while commands of dive echo around the dining room do you know what
0: year this was open
1: uh no but i'm unfortunately i believe they've closed i feel like that it's like that's like like a very very 80s nostalgia. no it was after 80s i think it was 90s early 2000s okay um and then okay so then my my next runner-up is Flava Flave's fried chicken oh. that he opened in Iowa. What time is you it? You know when your name is Flava Flave, it's it's pressure. We're I I Iowa. feel for him. I feel for him. It um it, it took four months for it to close. <laughs> <laughs> four months that to a go. it took his whole life to open. Did the chicken not have much? Flava. Exactly.
2: Too much pressure. Dude, don't don't compete with the colonel and his
1: 18 spices. You guys can fact-check that real quick. I think it might be more than 18 Secrets. So secret. It's secret, so you really don't know. You
2: really don't know how many spices.
1: But you guys might remember this one. The Fashion Cafe. Remember yep. that? Yep. What? It was Christy Charlington, Claudia Schiffer, oh, Elle what? McPherson, and Naomi Campbell opened, like the, the, the skinniest was women in York? the world at the time, opened a cafe all together in New York City. Oh, my God. Backed by some of these, these models. And they, had, they came in and they were like, the food isn't that bad. Actually, but like the critic was like, I don't want to be surrounded by these waif thin nightmares. Right, right.
2: Like, like, can I
1: offer a a digestif? Those those things,
2: those things don't make sense. That was like
0: during the time of like Planet Hollywood and stuff when that was all going.
2: That was that was
1: riding the coattails of the old. That's
2: when you're like, I just can't choke down a steak unless Bruce Willis is
1: blowing his horn. Right, right. wailing
2: on a sax.
3: My dad had a themed restaurant. (laughs) We keep learning so much about your family, Kyle. Called the Sci-Fi Cafe. Whoa! Um, and it was all science fiction uh, themed, and it never actually came to full fruition. But we—he had a giant alien head that was literally um, like eight feet tall, put on the side, the front of our house. Um, was it, did it say our coffee is out of this world? No, it just wasn't oh. an alien head. It said nothing. It said opportunity. But it was like oh, he wanted. he goodness. needed a place to put it, so he hung it on the front of our house. I like
2: that like right now too the genre of sci-fi is like really expanded beyond aliens. You know, it's like oh, Black yeah. Mirror,
1: Handmaid's Tale. Like oh, yeah. what would those menu items be? Oh, like Jesus. Blessed be the fruit plate. It's like eat your chicken so you can be preg- impregnated, bitch. Well, I'd just be like, the menu <laughs> would just have
0: like pictures, like the cartoon versions of a food. You wouldn't be able to read it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: you not allowed to read. Right, right. And that's right. Gilead.
1: But the number one, the number one that I that was not aware of that I'm so happy uh-huh. that I was made aware of was Pasta Mania. <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan oh, yeah, oh. Made, uh, opened a restaurant in in the Mall of America in 1995. <gasps> <called gasps> Pasta Mania. <gasps> uh ads showed him decked out in yellow with a chef's hat holding a plate of spaghetti (laughs) (laughs) and despite amazing menu options like hulkaroos which they don't tell you what that is on the internet all i (laughs) want to all i want to know is what a -a hulkaroo is (laughs) but yeah they had those like crazy things it closed very quickly um it was within a year i believe was the hulkamana pasta mania
0: they had a dish where you actually had to tear open a small yellow shirt to get to your food
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, the i will say time. about being an owner uh, uh, how, or like being i think it's it's, it's a real let's i don't want to say die but it's a real risk to like be in a position to be like, I think I'm gonna invest in like open a restaurant. Like you, Brooke, yourself I know, I know. thought about I've, it for I've, a while. I
2: mean, I don't have the capital to do it. Yeah, I mean like I've thought of it, but you literally start to think of the never ending nightmare of how you're gonna be tied to this restaurant. And even when you're doing a good thing and it's a great restaurant, you don't get to leave ever until it's doing well. And then I think that is what turns you into the monster that we've all had to work for. You know, so it's like you've got the people who are doing it right, where it's their baby, everything's riding on it, so they turn into monsters because it's so fucking stressful, or you have the nightmare owners who have the money and then they come in to ruin the flow of the restaurant that's doing fine without them ever being there. So probably
0: have never waited a table in their never. life. No. Never never <laughs> yeah.
2: You think Hulk Hulk Hogan's waited a table? No. <laughs> oh, fresh out of hip hop dance class. <laughs> And some of you guys may know her as your local waitress in New York City, uh, one of multiple jobs. Um, please welcome to the
4: podcast side work right now, Mara Heron, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yes, uh, I did work 27 different waitressing jobs in New York City. So I think that gets I'm up. sure
1: saw- up. <laughs> that gets a
4: order yeah. up. It was it was a record. I can't even remember all the places. But yeah, it was definitely up to 27. Okay, at one point,
2: if you were to try right now, if I just said, I'm gonna set a timer, and you're just gonna try and name some names. Are you up to that challenge? sure okay let me give you a second i'm gonna give you 30 seconds on the clock and see what you can possibly
4: mention starting now justin's american or americana i think uh rue 57 ruby foos (laughs) 235th avenue fred's Oh fuck, what was that bar on the upper east side? God, I'm sorry. That that's all I can remember. And right this now. Is, like these okay. are like uptown, downtown, you name it. I, I've been there. Yeah. And
2: this okay, so she named <laughs> like six. six. There's
4: twenty one I can't think of. Exactly. Twenty one
2: she can't think of. Um and why? Why is that? Was I blocked them out. You blocked them out. Fair yeah. enough. So over the course of years, your tenure, whether, um, growing up in SoCal or then your big 13 year stint in New York city, Mm -hmm. uh, how long of that were you consistently, or at least on and off uh, an actual waitress or bartender or cocktail server? I would say
4: for the first four years, I, I mean, I had about 20 jobs in four years and then I started doing real estate and cause I, I, I realized that I could get fired and hired in the same day. I remember I was fired. It was a mass firing at Ruby Foos. Like a bunch of us uh, cheated on these like guest cards that you're supposed to give out to your guests for them to sign up for a mailing list. And we all cheated and just wrote fake emails. So they took us down to corporate on a Monday morning and 13 of us were fired. (laughs) I went home took bong loads and got a job that afternoon at Rue fifty seven and I was like <laughs> Wow this this is a challenging challenging The best and the brightest of only Yeah yeah exactly so I and then I I did real estate. I was like renting apartments and the market crashed in 2008, 2009. So I was forced back to serving again, waitressing again. And that's when I got a job at 235th Avenue, which was like this rooftop bar. They had a bunch of 22 to 24 year old size two chicks. And they were so desperate because it got warm in New York in April early. They weren't ready to open. (laughs) So they hired me based on my headshot. I got there. The owner was like, you 29-year-old control top pantyhose wearing (laughs) size 10. Like, you do not fit in here. It was a giant (laughs) rooftop. They were like, you'll be working downstairs. (laughs) I'm like, inside? But there's, like, a 300-person seat upstairs. Like, it was really humiliating. But I stayed. I stayed there for, like, four or five months. And then I just, you know, I did, like, a couple, like, probably three or four more stints during that time. Uh, waitressing until I went back to real estate, but it was uh, all in. Yeah. What What do you think? If you If you did the math, it's a couple months at a time. Oh yeah, a couple months at a time. The oh, longest the course of how many years do you think? Oh, I would say ten. Probably. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe ten. Eight to ten. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Now I want to double
2: back to um, the phenomenon, which I think is a little more of a coastal thing. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, having to bring in a headshot to be hired as a waitress.
4: Yeah, that's big here in L.A. Um, in well, this was New York, too, though. And this was in New York. Yeah, but they wanted, I mean, you should have seen what these fucking chicks would wear on the rooftop. Like, I'm telling you, six-inch heels, mini skirts, like little string tank tops, and the way they would, like, flirt with customers and just, it, it was so fucking gross because it was just all kind of like businessmen that would come to this rooftop and just like grope on the girls. And I was like way older. Of course, my headshot was totally retouched. They were like, <laughs> What? You know, I get there. He's like, uh nobody has lines on their face on stuff like you do he's Um, he's, he's like
2: a nice 10 year old headshot we don't hire (laughs) we don't hire grizzled okay listen central casting isn't looking for someone who's got a story
0: right But that's not illegal is it illegal to ask for a headshot that's total
2: discrimination in many ways but i guess it's no it's discrimination if you if they fire you for a specific
0: reason. Right. right,
2: But the hiring practices are totally allowed to be
0: discriminatory. There's one clause yeah. that, what is it, Twin Peaks, this like chain where like, it's kind of like a, the, where women are, it's like a Hooters, right? But it's like called Twin Peaks. It's called the oh, like Hooters. God. And there you're technically hired on as a performer. So you have to like, meet us, you have to have a chance to headshot. And if you like, gain weight or anything, they're legally allowed to Fire you. That's what Hooters does too. That's what, or uh, they used to. Anyway, that's how they can only hire skinny blonde, big tit women. Right, right. They're entertainers, not.
4: Yeah, the minute any (laughs) pound. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah, the environment. I would like rather be dressed like a man. Like at Route Fifty Seven, they had us in like bow tie vest men's shirt you know <laughs> men's apron I and i feel like imagining much... like really baggy
0: clothes like you're a kid like you're like, oh, oh. like playing dress up oh
4: yeah i mean the costuming at some of these jobs like i remember your job at james when you could you could wear what you wanted right i was i was again a trailblazer i was there right
2: at the cusp of when restaurants would allow you to be an individual. Mm -hmm. You know, the only code was that it was like, hey, listen, we have a little bit of like a color spectrum. You know, like it'd be nice if things are kind of like charcoals and burgundies and navies and blacks. And if you're going to wear jeans to work, they have to be a dark denim. But other than that, wear a beautiful, cute dress and heels to weigh tables in if you want to, you know? And just, like, please look nice. But, like, you get, and it was just, like, what? Like, I had never had the opportunity to actually, like, the pressure to look cool for work versus Mm -hmm. being, like, ah, let me put on the fucking white
4: catering shirt. Right. Or just all black. Like, I I just, you know, like, if you don't have a pair of black slacks, you're fucked.
2: Yeah, this whole phenomenon, though, of, like, going going in for a job and it would be like a casting call in mm-hmm. New York because when mm-hmm. I first moved there it would be like open call for all actors you know because that's what you do uh, is you wait tables yeah. instead of act and right. um this idea that you had to look the part. I was so beyond jarred. I was like, I can't can't do this. Mm -hmm. I'm from the Midwest, you know? And like, I look like I should be slinging food at a place called ham bones, you know? And it's just (laughs) literally like, this is great. (laughs) I cannot wrap my mind around that, but that's also who I am. Yeah, I absolutely never got into waitressing thinking my, feminine wiles would win me any favors. I'm just like, I'm gonna bring you your bowl of macaroni and cheese and please pay the gratuity. That's right. the extent of it. So that was mind-blowing that you could kind of use sex to sell, because I never was given that opportunity.
4: No, definitely not. And I feel like, you know, in terms of those sorts of jobs, like, they always end up being, like, when, when you're going in based on your image, based on how you look, like, there's always a perverted managing staff, you know, of course. like I've seen so many other girls like just be groped, you know, by by the managers or just a little I was always so like, yeah, how are "Please you? don't touch me. <laughs> Get away from me." Like I I was I, I don't know, I never really had any of that <laughs> happen to me just because I I think I have, like, an aversion to touch, oh, like, okay. just in general. <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, I never, but it, it was, yeah, I, I just know there's so many managers, just perverted, perverted managers. They just love watching the young girls walk around and do whatever they want, you know? Well, yeah. okay,
2: so I, I do have to ask. So, like, now it's very clear that you didn't let people uh, touch you. Do you want your beer? Oh, Enjoy. I was like, yeah. I need to remind you to yeah. drink up, drink up, sweet yeah, cheeks. Well, um, this podcast cute. is gonna get easier and funnier the more you really have to really drink. Really? Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of, someone go f- where? Andrea, go refill my wine. Okay. She's producing, which so means side produce more wine. Side produce
0: oh, more nice. wine.
5: Okay. There's
2: wine too, but <laughs> no, it's okay. I probably drank all of it. Okay. So Mara, it's very clear. Yeah. That uh, just in general, you were like not not having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no one's gonna touch me, and no. they're gonna get a better service experience out of me. But aside from that, yeah, with the hands off clause that you made mm-hmm. very clear,
4: did you think you were good at your job? Um, it depends how high I was. I just never really gave a fuck about it. I think I was good because I, I was good for the first month, and then I'd be <laughs> just over it, like over Checked the staff checked well, clearly, out because yeah. you knew
2: you would just go get another job the same afternoon right, i guess
4: exactly they were disposable to me so i never took them seriously and you know the thing about serving is because i'm like how did i end up doing that like i graduated from college you get a serving job because you think it's all going to work out you're like well i'm going to be plucked out of this <laughs> yeah. to stardom i mean <laughs> so i'll do this for however long and then all of a sudden the years go by the jobs go by and you're like holy fuck, I have no valuable job experience (laughs) beyond serving drinks. Like, (laughs) this is – so, yeah, I mean, I – See,
2: that's funny. You you are talking to, like, all of us um, who are hosting the podcast right now, we all went around and were full on – we agreed, like, we were all passionate about our jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We stuck with shit, like, for years. We strived – to be amazing at the job, and we all sort of secretly love it and miss it. And
4: yeah, I I know, you're looking at me like we're fucking My crazy. My mouth is like dropped. Again. I, yeah, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. I would not serve a drink no matter how much I was paid. Like, bartending is even worse, too, because you're stuck behind that bar and all those fucking regulars and drunk assholes. Like, People are just talking, you You can't run away, whereas serving, you know, you serve a drink and someone's trying to, like, you can get the hell away from it, but no, (laughs) no, God, no, I don't miss it. I feel bad, like, when I'm at a restaurant, but, you know, I guess some people enjoy it and there's not, I think it was just, I had so many of them that I just never took it
2: you know, Mara, you never
4: let anyone get in. You
2: really not no. let, ne- never let anyone get in. <laughs> no, I got to work on that. that. Mara Heron.
4: <laughs> and when I quit my first job, the Justins, um, and that was the longest serving job that I ever had in New York. It Three was, months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I it was about so four much. months. But he, I was, I felt so bad because I had never quit a job before. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to leave. And he goes, Get the hell out of here. You're a number. <laughs> You are nothing but a number. That's to almost me. like it sets your mentality
0: for it the rest. It set of my mentality for the rest that's, of time. That's what like, happened to you, Mara. That—that right.
4: that is the moment that the
2: trauma hit. Yeah. And that just absolutely colored your entire worldview about being a cog in the fucking yeah. machine. Yeah, I was like,
4: all right, well then I'll just treat this shit like their numbers. And wow. Like, I don't like it, I'll leave and move on.
2: So please describe the owner of your first. Uh, waiting job
4: you have to understand i since 1996 um i think that's when ready to die notorious big's album came out it was probably i was actually before that was actually before anyway i've been obsessed with hip-hop since i was 15 years old and i in college went to hard knock life tour up in smoke tour doctor like i had I was obsessed with everything hip hop, you know, East Coast and West Coast. So I knew Justin's P. Diddy's restaurant existed in New York. And I when I moved there, I set my sights on getting a job there. So that was the owner. New it was Puk. Pink- exactly, exactly. And I moved like to I was on 18th Street and Justin's was on 21st Street. So I walked over there, you know, one day in the afternoon and walked in and it hadn't opened yet or anything, but the bartender Vic was there and I came in and I was like, Hi, um, I was just wondering if you guys he's like, Do you know where you're at? And I'm like, No, I've totally played dumb. I'm like, no, I have no idea. He's like, This is Pete Diddy's restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, really? You know, so I gave my application and I remember I have like a diary entry that's like, oh my gosh, I made such a fool of myself in front of Vic at Justin's today. The day later he called me, he's like, yeah, you're the white girl that came in yesterday? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, we're going to try you. We're going to try you. So I came in, and I was not only the only white girl on staff, I was the only white person, like, as bartender, server. And it was a dream come so true. Heaven. It was a heaven dream come true. And I have a very specific
2: question. Were you, instead of going by Mara at the time, were you referring to yourself as Martina as you used to?
4: I've never referred to myself as Martina. In my life? What do you mean? When? When did I you refer have, to you myself? Have jo-
2: you have jokes about being calling yourself Martina.
4: Oh, you mean, you mean, uh, I think I did during that time. Yeah, thank you, Mara. I know you. I'm sorry. I told, I think I blocked a lot. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. How
2: about put down the blondes, lady friend? I know you very well. I
4: know. I did. Oh, my God. Are you going by Martina to have
2: more flavor?
4: My ex boyfriend Larry met me as Martina. You know (laughs) what it was? Thank you. Oh, Oh my
2: God. Thank you, everybody.
4: Fuck. I totally yes. Oh my god. Yeah, I did. I did I I did refer to myself as Martina but at that point like I still had blonde hair. Like I was you, there was nothing Martina about me. you know about what me. I
2: love about you is like you do but you know all all of our all of our girlfriends like all of our black girlfriends are like they are literally like I love Mara sometimes I forget she's not black they <laughs> literally you know yeah. it's really funny you are a little uh, you're
4: a little ethnically ambiguous well, even with
2: blonde you. hair and I know yeah. that you take that as a high
4: compliment yeah um I remember my first night waitressing at Justin's like they had a live DJ there. And the whole place was like going off and I remember NASA's Made You Look, the song came on, and everyone was just like bopping their heads. And I just looked around and I was like, I love black people. (laughs) Like, this is the most beautiful sight I have ever seen. I was so happy to be there. Like I was so happy to just be immersed cuz like celebrities would come in and stuff like that and they were all like hip hop celebrities and things like that so i was like a pig in shit <laughs> i loved it there until it got bad until so, i did let's it talk about that. Yeah. i mean like so this sounds like first job
2: ever you fucking got the part it's not oh, even yeah. a job you got the part i was so Mara. excited
4: and then yeah. like what happened well Every meal that was ever served was turned back to the kitchen. So when you, when I was served, like the food was awful. So it was (sighs) always like a turn, you know. Can you describe Saturday customers? Describe the cuisine. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was a variety, but it was like Southern home Mm -hmm, cooking. mm -hmm. Like a lot of, like, I think, like his grandmother's recipes and things like that. So there were, there was like fried chicken or steak and. Uh, mac and cheese. They had an amazing red velvet cake that was like the one thing that never was returned. But it was, (laughs) you know, in collard greens and chitlins and everything. Yeah, the whole. But there's a chance
2: that. Maybe his, either his grandmother wasn't that good of a cook. No, sh- or they just hired total. The turnaround. The it was turnaround like there was a of chef. They could chef never figure out. Yeah. They Sorry, w- I'm never hating on anyone's grandmother, but no, no. okay, got it. The turnaround was yeah. insane. Mm-hmm.
4: For yeah. For people
2: cooking the food.
4: Yeah. And this guy, Alonzo, he was like 10 years older than me. I think he just like developed like a crush on me and lured me in by saying he had a fat blunt and, um, I smoked it with him before a shift one day, and um, it was like a brunch. And I—I'm not kidding you. Like I—I I had never been that high in my entire <laughs> no. life. Like things were swaying around. I so I had this tray of drinks, and I walked up to a table. Like they had just gotten out of church. It was like this beautiful, like well-to-do black family, and I walked up and i just knocked over and the entire tray <gasps> sprayed everywhere like glass was all over the father was just like soaked in drinks it was uh, oh my it was the most humiliating moment and the, like all the the like the staff and the the managers came over he was like just get out just get the out of here what the hell's wrong with you are you high and I couldn't even like I couldn't form a (laughs) sense I was just staring I didn't even react like I I just stood there like a statue after it happened but it just got it got worse and worse <laughs> like, like that
0: wasn't you weren't fired then like no. you came back to work no, after I wasn't
4: fired. but they would do like you know I, I would think I'd see P like I was gonna see P Diddy eventually and I never I never saw him like I would just be like forced to clean up puke on the way to the restroom like when they'd have an after party I got like they were slowly trying to get me out of there <laughs> like giving me worse and worse shifts when you've got like the
2: mop and bucket duty you're like have I been Bump down the ladder.
4: Yeah, yeah. just making like you know twenty dollars a shift or something like that, and that's when I'm like, I have to get out of here. And I felt so apologetic. So I know that you didn't get to encounter Diddy uh, like
2: personally. You would always catch the tail end of a party. Yeah. Or if was he ever in the house without you getting to see him, like what would what would change when the owner showed up?
4: Everybody would just like flip out i mean it was like it it would change from like this wild ass fucking restaurant to like everyone was just straight in line we have to like get things you know set and i it just turned into more of like a functioning restaurant i mean it's closed (laughs) now
2: so yeah yeah, it closed shortly after what attracted you to did, did you have a real sense of what it takes to serve people
4: no, no, no! I just <laughs> no, not at all. I just thought, you know, I'm gra- I graduated college. I'm all I knew was I'm moving to New York City, and everything's gonna work out. Aww, That's so and you're cute. just like <laughs> stuck waiting tables with the rest of the assholes, right. When
0: you were supposed to be exactly. So and,
4: well, and you always think that you're gonna audition, <gasps> audition mm-hmm. during the day, and but then you wait tables, you get drunk. <laughs> you know, with your coworkers after the shift or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're hungover, you sleep till eleven, you go work out or something like that, and then you're back on the shift yeah, at you know, two thirty or three doing side work before the shift again.
1: because <laughs> now so it's an that's ugly totally cycle. The cycle. Cause
0: now <laughs> yeah. like you know cycle.
2: I know you as someone who's been out of that for a long time and like you yeah. are a morning person, Mara. Oh I yeah. can't even imagine you and it's so anti-Mara. That lifestyle is not you. Totally.
4: That is another reason that I I couldn't do it anymore because I am. I am a morning person. I love the mornings. I'm in bed by 10 nightly, <laughs> and I like it that way. And having to stay up till 11 or even if, like, in New York, you know, the bars don't close till 4 oh. a.m. So you have to, you know, stay up and be drunk and do coke and all those things. You just have to. <laughs> I'm going to make a little bit of a
2: prediction since you seem to be a little bit of a
4: fuck you, uh, no call, no show
2: sort of mm -hmm. waitress. Did you ever get stuck on a holiday shift and actually show up for it?
4: Uh, Yes. Actually, there was an Italian restaurant. I'll never forget. Uh, I think it was Christmas 2010 was one of the worst. We knew each other. Nights of my life, I was living on 72nd in Columbus, working at this Italian restaurant. I think on 78th in Amsterdam. They're no longer open. Um, and I waited tables on Christmas Eve night in the pouring snow. I pouring, made, pouring snow. Describe what is pouring snow or whatever. What wet snow. wet heavy, heavy, like, heavy, like, heavy okay. snow. Got it. Had one table. Made $13, walked home in the snow, bawling my eyes out. Like, just also the fact that I hadn't spent Christmas with family, like, that I chose to stay in New York so that I could make money. That's in quotes. Made $13, walked home in the pouring snow, and ate, got home, and ate baby carrots and had a Bud Light and just cried (laughs) myself to sleep. I will never forget that night. It was awful. Like... (laughs) That Aww. was a real low point for Mara Dog, real Mardog. real low point. Yeah. Oh, you were
0: going up by Mara Dog at that point. Yeah, I think so. So she went yeah, from I mean, Martina Gs. to Mara Dog with double G, and then
2: now she's just Mara. Heron. Yeah, 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 But yeah, it's a real ditty story, if you will. <laughs> On our little podcast here, we like to do a segment with all of us hosts and our guests called "Here's a Tip," and just wonder if you have a just a fun little non sequitur sort of tip to offer our listeners.
4: I would say get the drinks to the table as soon as possible, and then when they want to get the fuck out of there, get the check to the table, but in between, get drunk. <laughs> Those are the three
2: steps to being yes. a successful waiter.
4: And everybody's so lucky now because they get to vape in the bathroom, and I didn't have that. <gasps> that's yeah. so funny to
0: be – that's such a funny mentality to have to be like, Service can get like super high and fucked up like so much easier now than they could when I waited tables. That's God. bullshit.
4: Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Lucky them. Lucky them. You could
0: do edibles too, I suppose.
4: Yeah. Those edibles I have a problem with. I yeah, can't, You can't control it, so it's a lot of that swaying Never <laughs> a, it's a like Justin's moment. It's a yeah.
2: lot of dropping a whole tray of uh, mixed drinks onto a lovely family fresh out of church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> Mara, thank you so much for talking to Andrew and I
4: absolutely i'm and happy
2: to be here and i hope life does not take you down a road where you ever have to wait tables again me oh, either. god
4: ditto
2: oh my gosh so it was awesome to talk with mara Herron. she's a ridiculous human being she's a mess we love her so much so we're just gonna go ahead and end this episode once again with our weekly segment called uh here's a tip anyone care to start Andrea,
0: how are we doing? Oh, I got a good tip. Uh, I did some traveling this week. And if you're like me, you've been completely spoiled by your squatty potty at home. Uh, when Pause. You sh- For people who don't know what a squatty potty is or use one. Uh, it's it's a bench you put your legs up on when you poop. So it's your easier feet. to poop. Or, yeah, your Legs feet. is yeah, a little. Sorry. Yeah. A squatty potty is, it's a graphic. bench that you, you put your feet up on uh, to poop more efficiently Um, so you're, you know, you're, so you're in more of a
1: natural squatting position as God intended. There we go. So I
0: was traveling this week. Uh, and you know, when you travel all day, you got to do what you do at an airport. So I had to, I had to go to the bathroom and I had to squat for the poop. And then I was like, Oh, I hate not having my squatty potty. And I looked at my carry on suitcase and I put my feet right up on my carry on suitcase and and it worked perfectly. And
3: life was good. I was also gonna say you could take two Amazon. So in boxes. a
0: pinch, those of you who are used to putting your feet up when you have to deuce, maybe use what you got, which is a carry-on suitcase.
2: A All right. Well, that's fun. It was like a se- it was like a blended segment called like here's a tip and TMI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TMI tippage. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh well, on that note, a little bit too. Here's a, here's a tip, you guys. Um, sometimes when you are looking after your roommate's dog. Uh, he, she, like, here's the thing. Dogs look adorable. I, ador- know I mean. <laughs> Kyle, I know. Okay. So sometimes when you're looking after Kyle's dog, Ziggy, uh, Ziggy is so cute. He has been wearing, it's been very cold. So he's been wearing sweatshirts all week and a uh, lesson learned when you don't roll up a sweatshirt in enough time, peas home, in homeboy pees and poops right in that sweatshirt. And you create a pile of laundry uh, for Kyle. Cause I didn't fucking do it. I was like, here, your dog shit himself again. Go take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> your
0: dog sweated. <laughs> your dog shit his sweatshirt. It's a Aww, very buddy. Personalized, centralized yeah.
2: tip. No, I know, but okay. Just remember, if you are dressing your boy dogs in cute little sweatshirts and sweaters, oh, girl dogs and girl dogs too. Whatever's going on with Ziggy, I feel so bad. Those sweatshirts <laughs> well, are so long yeah, on but him. He's so
3: short. He's like it's a little true. accordion. He's just like smooshed together.
2: But either like cut out a little patch for their tiny little dongs, and Aww. then. Uh, you know, or like a poop hole. Sure. You know, so anyways, I feel bad. We soiled a couple good dog sweatshirts this week. So there's a tip. Roll it up. Two
1: poop tips so far. Mm. Oh, mine's not poop related. I hope that's all right. Yeah, it's, it's, just me. Just it's fine. Go ahead and tell me your tip. I went to a strip club at uh, 6.30 p.m. last night for a birthday, and I got to tell you what, great time to go to a strip club. Oh. Highly recommend. We had room to move. Strippers came right up and chatted. We connected. It felt like I knew them more. So, you know, The early female. bird special? Uh, there was a happy hour at Jumbos. Um, oh, and so you were going to oh. see the, the, the ladies. You yeah. still haven't oh, yeah. been there. Oh, no, I don't want a dick wagging no. in my face at all, ever. Oh. I will never go to a male strip club. Uh Never. Well, you didn't grow up in Florida, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely not. But um, that's my tip. Go to a strip club for their happy hour, and you'll be a happy person.
3: (laughs) Perfect. My tip is uh, that I have started using Sovereign Silver Nasal Spray, Mm. which is a natural product. You can get it at like a... Home, a whole oh god! I combined Home Goods and Whole Foods.
0: (laughs) I want to go there.
3: God, Home Foods, Whole Goods, Whole Goods. Yeah, you can go to any sort of natural uh, store where they would sell products, and it has been a game changer because Afrin and all those other ones you can get have steroids in it, and they're really addictive. Yeah, but Sovereign, and it makes me feel like I'm, you know, shooting myself up with. Like you know, some richness.
1: I think she means cocaine, but I'm not mean- sure because we've never done it. I was but was I think, think it's say. cocaine.
2: <laughs> she, you
0: blow out your your nasal passage with all that um, <clears throat> silver, Kyle. Well, actually, <laughs> cocaine stuffs you up, so it's the opposite of cocaine. She's talking about, yeah. Guess we're gonna have to do some cocaine and verify this, Jocelyn.
1: Or we could just keep not knowing about cocaine, right? Yeah, you guys are okay. High five.
5: Okay.